Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hey, Mike. Hey, Chet. How you How doing? How goes it? I asked you first. <laughs> I, I'm well. And you? I am well. I just got back from my seminar at Nico's. Black anchor tattoo. What exactly was that? Because I saw pictures of what looked to be people tattooing fake arms based on a sculpture that you made? Yeah, it was the first day. It was a sculpting class. We did this long 12-hour uh, day sculpting, and I just basically show how I sculpt and the tools I use and the materials and this and that. And then the next day, uh, Nico taught them. Nico Hurtado, who's like the best portrait guy in the world, probably color portrait guy. Um, and... Uh, he tattooed, He taught them how to tattoo the image that we used for the sculpture, so it was really cool. So those <clears throat> hands were these silicone arms that people practice on from this company called Pound of Flesh, and it was a really great workshop, really fun. Everybody loved it. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's really cool, that kind of crossover, you know, because obviously a big part of my introduction to you was at the Paradise Artist Retreat, which is for tattoo professionals kind of taking a break from tattoo work to do professional artistry right. seminars. But it's, you know, and I, so I've seen you do sculpting and I've seen you take an image and have people, you know, sculpt it and then they're, you know, do a digital study and then do a painting, go through all these stages. But this is like a whole new kind of permutation of that, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, I, don't, I don't think, I haven't seen a lot of workshops like that. Um, we're talking about doing another one too in his Hollywood location. He's got a new shop in Hollywood and um, maybe doing like a what, like a four day class and do sculpture of a small a small sculpture and then the second day do a silicone molding and then the third day do casting in resin and then the fourth day doing like a paint up paint, painting it up, which would be really cool. Wow, yeah, so kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's cool to just see, you know, again, that, that crossover. And I think actually that kind of brings us to our topic for today, which is dark art marketing. Yes. Uh, be, given that what you do in, in many ways, whether it's speak in front of an audience uh, for the purposes of just informing them about like business, you know, and the art movement and how those things interface or whether it's actually teaching people the skills necessary to execute sculpting and painting and things of that nature, it all does kind of revolve around you are marketing in that way to them what you have. And so that is a facet of dark art marketing in and of itself, just by proxy of being the process that you engage. Yeah, I guess so. I never thought about it, but um, <clears throat> yeah, this is, we're going to, th- we're going to do, we're calling this dark art marketing. It really could just be art marketing. Um, it's uh, marketing is, is, uh, is really important for artists. And uh, I wanted to talk about how I market myself and market my artwork and earn a living from um, from art because it's not easy. And you can't just paint and expect it to sell or, or sculpt or whatever and just expect it to sell. There's a whole marketing aspect of it. 
if you guys haven't noticed, you know, for our loyal listeners out there, since the beginning to now, we've kind of slowly shifted away from an esoteric kind of experiential, what influences us in the ways that we do the things that we do into a, a more exoteric or practical realm. And so this is yet another episode where there should be some good information and some resources available to you, made made available by Chet Zar. And uh, ultimately, again, that's kind of the idea behind the Dark Art Society is, you know, a way to assist other dark artists in being able to get out there and do what they do and do it successfully and not have as many roadblocks as we encountered on our journey. You know, when I was first starting as an artist, I bought this book called Art Marketing 101, and it's pretty good. It's more for, you know, not dark artists. It's, you know, people who paint flowers and stuff like that, more traditional stuff. But the one thing that stuck out to me and bummed bummed me out but was so true was the the uh, advice of take all the time you spend creating art and cut it in half and spend that half on marketing that's how important marketing is if you want to make a living as an artist if you want to just be an artist and you're not concerned about the money then just don't even worry about that but if you want to make a living at art you have to learn marketing you have to learn business and stuff and most artists don't want to do that but and I didn't want to do it either but uh, I wanted to be able to paint full time and create full time I want to do you know do create the artwork I wanted to do for a living so I had to start learning how to promote myself and how to market myself and how to market the artwork you know so it's it's uh I at this point I've accepted it and I sort of enjoy it you know, there's a, there's definitely a creative aspect to marketing. You can get creative with it and fun with it, and it doesn't have to be so painful. You know, you know what's interesting to me, I, just listening to you talk about it, is the whole idea of a market. I mean, what is marketing? Marketing is what selling your stuff, but. There's a lot around that word market. You can make a market. You can find a market. You know, there are pre-existing markets. There are yet to be discovered markets. Right. And so really when you're thinking about the word marketing, I think that's one way to kind of visualize it and understand it is is that way, whether it's virtual or not. You know, we're not talking about Burger King and McDonald's across the street from each other. But in the digital realm, there is an equivalent to that. And that is a big part of what we're discussing today, ultimately. And there is competition. And, and there are a lot of people out there doing at least equally, if not better work than you're doing probably. And so yeah. you got to be able to get yourself out there and get people to see you so that if you, like Chet said, want to be able to earn off of it and continue to do what you do without having a vice grip of, you know, someone else's ideology lorded over you, then you have to figure out how to generate a market or find a, a pre-existing market. Right. Yeah. And it's never been easier to self promote and self-market you know than it is today and social media is what it's all about now and um it's <clears throat> it's you know it's basically out there for free and it's just up to you to figure out how to use it properly you know so um would chat would you say that in regard to like websites you know that's one of the big questions i hear from people nowadays is they say you know should i build a website should i have a website uh versus should i just have a facebook page or an right. instagram or whatever you know do you feel like uh, websites are kind of falling out of favor and that it's not necessary to put that kind of energy and money into it anymore well you know there uh, it seems like websites are less important than they used to be. Mine is totally out of date because I need to get something that I can easily update because I had a guy doing it before and um, he, he was great and everything, but the service that I was using is not 
it's what it was really you had to do this whole workaround to get the artwork up there. So it's not easy to update. Um, if you're, you know, if you're just starting out, I would think that the very least you could do is get a, a big cartel shop. I've seen people use their big cartel shops kind of as their website, you know, because it functions kind of like a website. And I think you can get, um, I don't know how many items is it for free. It's like it doesn't even cost anything if you get, and you, but you only get a certain amount of items uh, you can post on there. But yeah, uh, I never had a, a big cartel, so I only I only know about it, you know, via you. Right. And you you had mentioned that after you know you pay a certain amount, and then you can have like a hundred items plus or something. Yeah, that's what I got. I got the three hundred items. You get up to three hundred items, but um, it's really easy to use and, and really great. But uh, I mean, I I think. I don't know. That's part of market research is really discovering and figuring out where best to promote yourself. I mean, for me, I would I think it's uh, <clears throat> Instagram is kind of I've got my website that has I, I like the idea of websites because it could be your home base where you can um, it's it's like a <clears throat> I like having a home base to where you could say, you know, especially if it's your name. Just go to chatzar.com. Everything is – you can find everything from there. You can find Instagram, Facebook. You can find the web store. I like that the idea of having that home base. But you don't have to have one. Um, although now there are really cheap options with uh, Squarespace. I hear is a really good, easy-to-use uh, website web builder for artists. And um, I forget the other ones. But WordPress I know you use, which you like a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I think in the realm of what you're you're talking about, if you can't write code, you're not going to be able to build a WordPress site. So you know, I didn't build it. You know, right. we had Patrick Lyons, the amazing Patrick Lyons, been with us now for five years with I Like to Paint Monsters and doing graphic design and also doing web design and all kinds of stuff for us. You know, he set it up for me and then I can admin it because I can, you know, I can run it. But I wouldn't have been able to build the site. Right. And so even though it's, a, you know, it, I think that nowadays really what we're talking about is trying to also – within this discussion is maintain, you know, status quo and being contemporary and using contemporary platforms that will work in the ways that they're made to instead of utilizing antiquated technology that leaves you in a position where yeah. you're not able to get as much bang for your buck. Yeah, which is basically where I'm at with my website. But um, I'm going to take care of that this year, hopefully. But um, I let me just give you the, the uh, uh, overall view of how I market myself and my stuff. So I've got my website. It's got links to everything. It's my little home base. And I've got uh, my Instagram. And I highly, if you're not on Instagram and you're an artist, you need to be. It's just, that's all there is to it. You got to be on Instagram, I think. This is, you know, my opinion. And because there, it's, it's made for a phone specifically. I think that's why it has so many users because it's made to work well on your phone and like it or not, most people are looking at your shit on a phone. You know, that's most people are online with their phones. And, um, so <clears throat> I have, uh, my Instagram hooked up to my Facebook page and then I have my Instagram hooked up to my Twitter page and then I have it hooked up to my Tumblr page. So when I do one picture on, um, Instagram, it, it, it posts to all those other pages and, I also have my Twitter hooked up to my other Facebook artist page. <laughs> so it's like it'll send it to Instagram and then it'll send it to Twitter and then Twitter will send one to my other artist page because I screwed up and I'd made a personal page for my 
my uh, Facebook page. I should have made an artist page in the very beginning, but so I've got a couple, you know, like three or four pages on Facebook. It's kind of a mess, but um, so I've got it all set up to where I just click a button and it, you know, it uploads to all these different social media sites. And um, I like to uh, show uh, in progress stuff, which people really dig. And and it's, I I like to post on Instagram, everything I'm working on all the time. And uh, that way, it keeps people interested. And it also allows me to look at it. It's kind of fills all these different purposes. Like it allows me to look at, I can look at it on my phone and sometimes I'll see something on a computer or on a phone that looks fucked up and I'll, I'll, it'll just give me a different perspective, but it's also a promotional tool as well because it's getting people interested. And part of promotion is like letting people know, Hey, don't forget about me. I'm out here making this artwork. And, um, you know, so I try to do at least a couple times a day. I think, um, it's important to do posting on Instagram and all your social media, but, you know, connected through Instagram, just because that's easy, at least twice a day, I would say, you know, there's also uh, more fine details you can look into. I forget the name of the website that Josh Geyser, remember he was doing that? Did you, did you see that where he was talking about how to use Instagram for artists? Yeah, yeah, you were you showed me that article. Yeah, maybe we could. I read I, I read that article. Yeah, maybe we could put the link in the. Yeah, we could on I'm the sure page. We, we could drum it up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll hit him up. He's a guy that runs Creep Machine, but he he's really good because he worked for a company that used social media. He was like the social media guy for that company. So there's a lot of ways of making your posts get as many likes as possible, you know, and and. The more likes you get, the more it's going to show up in other people's feeds now that they have that stupid algorithm there. Well, you know, and I think that, again, you don't have to necessarily have a, you know, a, a profession or a master's degree in search and engine optimization to be able to understand the way in which those things work. And that's kind of the beauty of it. You know, I'm a layman. I don't know. I didn't know anything about any of this until I just started doing it. You know, I mean, I didn't know how social media worked. I didn't understand how to keep something in a feed, how to diversify a feed, how to, you know, not how to flood, when to flood, you know, all of those things. There's so many different nuances to it, but it's all just experiential knowledge. So if you set about just trying some of the things that Chet's talking about, you'll learn as you go along because you can observe it and you can make your own observations and say, oh, okay, well, you know, if I shoot a post off, it's an image with a small amount of text on a Wednesday evening, it's going to do significantly better than, you know, a link with a large amount of text on a Saturday morning. And so you learn those things. And if you do learn those things, you can further apply those to shape what it is that you're doing to be the most effective again to a target audience. And I think that's one of the important things that I'm sure we'll talk more about here is finding your audience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, if you're pandering to the wrong, wrong audience, then you're not doing yourself any favors. Or if you're not pandering, pandering to any audience, you know? Yeah. That's like the, um, when I've discovered in like, I think it was 2009 or 2010 that I had this huge tattoo following people that were into tattoo art and tattoos and tattoo tattooers themselves were fans of mine. I didn't realize it. And once I realized, I really started trying to market more towards the tattoo people uh, because they appreciated what I was doing. And um, I guess one thing I want to say in the, in, you know, before we get too far into it is 
also, I, I see, I do see, especially younger people that are actually really good at marketing, but they their artwork isn't as good as their marketing is. And the, I think it's really important to stress that you're, you know, you need to make sure your artwork is really up to par before you start really pushing it because it's going to, um, it's going to come back to haunt you one day. Go if ahead, you want to be a professional artist, you don't want to have images floating around that are like not your best work, you know? So I think it's important to get, you know, get your, get the, the artwork's got to be good. If you want to make a living as an art artist, first and foremost, the artwork should be as good as you can do, and it should be up to a certain level, I believe. Well, yeah. and that's why I was actually earlier, I almost stopped you and that I didn't stop you, but when you were talking about taking progress shots, you know, it's like, it, what you know, I, I would like to see Chet's our progress shots, you know, but I don't want to see all artists' progress shots. <laughs> so, again, I think that comes back down to what you're saying now, which is that, you know, your artwork needs to be up to a certain standard for a variety of reasons before you're publicizing it, especially when you're publicizing work in progress because ultimately it's in progress. So unless if you're very well acquainted and have mastered those stages in the process – it you know it just doesn't end up looking good right. and so you end up looking as an artist either inexperienced or naive or whatever you mm -hmm. know yeah, yeah. Like, whatever you don't want to look like ultimately <laughs> yeah yeah you want to present your your you know your work as best as possible because you're trying to sell the, this artwork to people um i i also another point i wanted to, to make in the beginning here is that i think that as artists we need to get over this whole money is an important thing you know it's it's kind of like the standard thing to say uh money doesn't matter it's all about the art and yes of course that's true love is the most important thing there is uh art is the most important thing you know we know what the important things in life are, but the yeah, reality we talked all about the creative process right. last times. Yeah, and the and the but the reality is you have to have money to live in this society. And if you want to do what you want to do, money gives gets you that freedom. The reality is, you know, if you had the choice to have money or not have money, you'd have the money. So I I think it's a weird kind of hang up that I think artists have is that money is bad and money is not bad. Money is, and you know, we've talked about this between ourselves many times. Money is, it's a form of energy. And, um, if you can figure out how to make money, you should do it because the, 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 the people with money are fucking everything up in the world, you know? So we should try and have money as well because, we, you know, I think most of us are good people and we're trying to do something good with the world. We're trying to make it more beautiful. We're trying to open up understanding and empathy with our artwork and expression and we're trying to help others. And if we have more money, we'll be able to do that more easily and spread things out, you know, further. So I think first and foremost, we need to get over the money hang up and it's not a bad thing to want to make money. It's not a bad thing to even want to make a lot of money with your artwork. I don't think it's right. not inherently right. bad. It's not inherently right. bad. It's how well, you it's, use you your know, money, money is what is yeah, matters. money is money is a means to an end. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, really it's the money is an intermediary, right? It's not like you're just making money for the sake of having boatloads of money lying right. around, you know, you're making the money because you want to be able to channel that money into the things that again, for, I think for us and for probably a lot of our listeners, you want to be able to have enough to be 
able to channel it into your creative works to be able to be comfortable while you're making them so you can do better work, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that's something people should think about. It's, I think it's important. I think we need to kind of get over this whole, you know, people feel like embarrassed if they make money, it seems like. Like they don't want to admit it. Well, you know, there, now I would like to add a little bit to that because there's a reason that people feel that way. And that's because there is a little bit of um, what would be, uh, I guess, reverse classism mm-hmm. that, that occurs where people that don't have money, if they look at you, even if you don't really have it, but if they think you do, if it appears that you do because of the way that you take care of your things, for instance, or the way you save or whatever, there's a little bit of kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, kind of like we're better than you because we don't have money. You see what I mean? It's a a strange thing. It's a little bit of reverse classes. It's it's an ego trip, just like flaunting your money. It's the same thing. You know, it's a total ego thing. So I, I, I just I think it's all about fear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I over identification with the ego and, and that's not who we really are, you know. We're we are deeper than that. And so well I would like to dovetail off of that just a little bit, you know, because I think the other thing that's important for us to make sure that people recognize, at least from our perspective and our opinion, is that in fact it's also okay to work for no money. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I do a lot of work for no money. Now this again, and I, I'm tempering what Chet said because I totally agree with what he said, but still, you know, we all need to do things to be able to make a name for ourselves again, to market ourselves mm-hmm. in this realm if we're going to be successful at doing it. And ultimately, what does that require? But sometimes working for things other than money, whether that's bartering, you know, and you're cutting the intermediary out. I think that there's a certain certain thing that goes into utilizing your energy and cutting that intermediary out when you can in order to benefit in a way that is not directly related to currency and monetary values, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up. Because you see, I see that a lot, like, you know, a real attitude about uh, working in exchange, you know, working for free, basically, for exposure. You know, a lot of times it is bullshit. But a lot of times it's not bullshit and it's not always bullshit or it's not always one way or the other. You have to judge judge it on the s- circumstances, you know, because when I when I did the um, the when I first started working for Tool, I did stuff for way cheap, like way cheap because Tool's great. I wanted to work on their their videos and stuff. Um, Adam's a friend of mine. But, you know, I also knew in the long run I, it would benefit me. And so I, you know, I did what, you know, so many people, so many artists are saying, don't do that. You know, I would, I do, you got to judge it on, on, on uh, the situation. And right. sometimes it's not, you know, it's not an all, it's not all or nothing. And it really is. There are times when doing stuff for free for experience or for, you will get, sometimes you will get um, exposure from stuff. So I just don't think that hardline attitude is smart if you're trying to um, break into the, the the art business or whatever business you're doing. You know, it, there's a certain point maybe where it doesn't make sense to do it anymore because you've you know you're established enough and you, you, it would actually wouldn't wouldn't work wouldn't benefit you. But you need to judge things. You know, each uh, situation on its on its merits. You know. Yeah, yeah. That that's a, that was the exact word I would use too. Is on its merits. You know. I mean, again, I think that what we're talking about here, and at least what we're discovering maybe in this discussion, is that a big part of uh, marketing, art marketing, certainly, is flexibility. 
you know, mm. because the market the market flexes. You know, that's the thing. You're 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 shooting at a moving target. And so, you know, when you're shooting at a moving target, <laughs> that requires a certain degree of flexibility and adaptability. And so, again, I think that's, you know, underlying all of the obvious direct teachings that I think Chet has to offer me as well as the audience. There, There's also there's some basic tenets that run throughout that, those currents, those undercurrents mm. that are important. Being flexible, be adaptable, you know. Absolutely. It, Use your intuition. Judge situations on their merit. Don't judge. Don't generalize something that happened now because it seems to have a shade of something that happened before. You know, these are all important things. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good philosophy and how to live your life as well. Stay flexible. You know, bend with the. Uh, be like a tree and bend with the wind. And you know, I I think it's that's it's great. Um, I, I know G- Gabe Leonard, who's a painter, a really great painter, a friend of mine, set, had a post that was hilarious. I think I posted it. Yeah, I posted it on my Instagram because he was saying it over lunch, and it was how to succeed in, as an artist. And it was something like make art, put it in front of people, and don't have a backup plan, which is funny because you know Gabe's a uh, a funny guy, but. Um, there's some truth to that, you know, uh, not that you shouldn't have a backup plan, but if you, the, th- the, I think the point of what, what he was saying there was that it, if you don't have a backup plan, you will make sure and do whatever you have to do in order to make that money and sell that artwork. You know, you'll bust your ass if you have to, you know? Right. So, uh, I mean, that's how it, it was for me. when I first started, um, showing, I would show, <clears throat> At any gallery that would take me, any gallery that would let me in a show, I would commit to it. I'd say, yes, I'll do it. Even if I didn't have the time, I just was like, I'll do it. I'll do it because I know that – I know the kind of person I am is I would – I can't. You know, I really have a problem with letting people down. And so I was like, if I commit to this, I will force myself to do it even if I don't get any sleep. And so it it forced me to create a bunch of work and be in shows and get the experience and – um uh, not make excuses on why not to do something or, you know what I mean? And that really started the ball rolling for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, pressure. I mean, what you're talking about is pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of natural forces at play in our lives that we can either, those things can control us or we can learn to utilize those forces and to dance with them. You right. know, I mean, we can go through our lives being the pawn on the chessboard that is our own life, or, you know, you can graduate up and find a way to actually start to make strategic decisions. We're not at the whim of powers that are larger than us. And I think that that connotates that really, that, that example. Yeah, it's like jujitsu. I'm sure right. Josh would be, or Josh and Gabe would be stuck to, that I would say that, but <laughs> taking taking yeah. the opponent's momentum and using it against them in a way. Um, right. Because pressure, I mean, you know, you think about, I mean, something as simple as diamonds, you know, I mean, diamonds are made in labs every day. So you, cause, cause originally you think, okay, well, a diamond is, you know, this, this coal compound that's been compressed. So it's time and pressure. You would think time and pressure, but in labs, they don't need time. They just need enough pressure. So with enough pressure, you know, you could become a diamond, right? But you could also, you know, crumble and, and <laughs> yeah. become pithy and fall apart like coal could possibly do under those same pressure, you know, that same uh, pressure that's exerted. So I think it's, getting to know yourself and being able to know the way in which your biorhythms work and to see the way in which you can utilize that pressure to be the most productive and not allow it to cause you to become destructive. Right. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back, back to dark art marketing. <laughs> so um, 
let me think of some other uh, ways of marketing that uh, uh, I, I think the you know the like I said the progress shots are really great. I love watching people's progress. I love it, love it. I'm a total process freak. Me too. You know Jeffrey R. Kibbe, man. I love watching Jeffrey R. Kibbe kill it with his pro- – is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, yeah, Kibbe. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope I'm not butchering your name if you listen to this. Uh, but man, I love watching his progress stuff. So sorry to just roll right over you there, Chet. But he's just <laughs> one of those ones that pops right out for me when I think about progress shots because I, I love his work because I wish I could make it and I can't. And so I don't – you know, I, I I admire him. I don't envy him. And so I love watching him do his thing. You're talking – his stuff is the like the found old antique found objects he puts together. Yeah, it's kind of like what you do in a way. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen a lot of his progress shots, but uh, I, I've got too many friends on Facebook, so I, I I don't I miss out a lot of people's stuff. But Clint, um, Clinton Newhouse, I love watching mm-hmm. Clinton Newhouse's oh, yeah, progress definitely. stuff. Yeah, I, I love seeing progress. So, I, I, you know, a lot of. Um, a lot of what I do as well as as well as my artwork, creating the artwork and figuring out how to market, I think, well, what would I want to see? You know, I want I want I like seeing progress stuff. So I'm going to post progress stuff because that's what I want to see. So that's another thing. You know, you got to kind of have the belief in yourself to go, well, if I like it, then probably there's going to be, you know, other people that are, are going to be out there that like it as well. So you can, you know, you can feel good about what you're doing because it's something that, uh, you know, you yourself would like to see, you know, um, I think the, you know, the time-lapse stuff is really interesting too. time-lapse painting is a great marketing strategy because, uh, anything that is moving is going to catch someone's eye, you know, over a, a, a still image. So that's a great way of, of, it's it's marketing, you know. It, it is. You might not think of it as marketing, but it's a, it's a marketing strategy. Uh, again, these are not bad words. This is how the rest of the world operates, you know. Everybody except us, pretty much everybody except us, us artists. This is how businesses succeed and make money. And, uh, you have to bend it to your will. You know, that's the thing is that it's it's just something that there that's a tool that's available to you. So you can walk around and keep trying to use a saw to hit a hammer or hit the nail into the wood. But if you pick up the hammer, you're going to do a much better, quicker, more efficient job getting the nail in the wood than if you're banging on it with a saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might make a cool sound, but you know, you're <laughs> yeah, right. If you wanted to start getting <laughs> recording devices out, then we're talking a whole different game now. Um, another, I guess, another aspect to marketing, and, and a lot of this for me just came about naturally because I didn't realize it was marketing. But um, now that I do it, I realize it is kind of a smart form of marketing, and that is uh, treat your fans well, you know. Cherish your fans. Your fans are, you know, you're not some. You you are no better than your fans. That's the way I see it. You are you are an artist. They like your artwork, and without the fans, you wouldn't have anyone to show your artwork to or to sell your artwork to. And 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 it's a symbiotic relationship. You know, without the fans or the collectors, uh, you know, we we aren't shit. We're just guys in a room painting painting stuff. I, I don't know. I feel like the uh, part of showing the artwork is a really big part of the process of creating and why we're doing it because we want to communicate and if you're not communicating um then you're i don't know you're not doing you're not getting as much out of it as you could be because Mm -hmm. you know and and with social media you can get instant feedback and see how people are feeling about it and it's uh i think it's just so important to 
to make sure that they know that you appreciate them. You know, because I, I feel I, I, I started – I didn't start painting till I was 33 years old. I had this whole other career. And um, so when I started to get people, fans or collectors or whatever you want to call them, I uh, was so grateful for them because I knew I was, you know, starting a new career in, you know, in my late adulthood. And so I never, you know, I didn't know if I was going to have fans or collectors. So when I started getting them, I'm like so appreciative that, you know, you got to make sure that they know that. Um, and there's a lot of ways of doing that. Uh, I, I think by just uh, interacting with fans is important. Um, you know, I think the days of the enigmatic artist are kind of over. Yeah, yeah, the aloof, the aloof, uh, you know, uh, intellectual like types. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that that's the, that's part of the new um, technology, internet information era. Is is everyone's connected? The social media well, and, era, and never is it so present. What you're talking about, as with Kickstarter, you know, because for me, from my angle, you know, were it not for Kickstarter, I wouldn't be sitting behind this microphone having this conversation with you. Right. I mean, it's very, it's a very unlikely. And now, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, we have a great friendship, but that friendship came from me being able to get the money together to do a film about you, and then the ensuing years of us getting to know each other while I made the film about you. So, if it weren't for those people that came together to give me that money. I wouldn't even be sitting here. Yeah, and right. so you know that. So again, never is it so present for someone like me to realize how much you know those people that are supporting you, whether that's financially or otherwise. I mean, I, Patrick Richter, perfect example, amazing guy who couldn't put any money down, but he was more than willing to put his time down, and mm -hmm. he became the I Like to Paint Monsters publicist. You know, he did something he'd never done before, and he helped us out incredibly. So again, you know, there's there's so much to be gained from that, and, and again, being grateful for it is so important because if you're not grateful, you're not going to get more of it. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and, and really that's, that's where the power lies is, is the numbers of people, you know, the power, it really is with people. And if you can get a lot of people on your side, then you have, uh, you know, you have more energy that you can, you can channel into large art projects or whatever you want to do, you know? So, uh, you know, I'm I'm always thinking about I'm always thinking about the fans. Always, it's important. That's that's when we made the movie. We we both agreed that it was first and foremost for the fans, and then everyone else came second. You know, it's 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 like I, I I'm always that's uh, you know I'll never I'll never forget any fans. That's what it's all about. Even to me. you know even to the point of like I had our distributor first run features, and then we're talking about in case you don't know because I'm kind of just sitting here assuming everybody knows, which is a little bit ridiculous. I made a documentary about Chet called Chet's Are I Like to Paint Monsters, and it was released in 2016, one year ago, and it was released through first run features. And prior to that, when in 2015 when we were doing the film festival circuit, I was tasked with after we got our deal putting together bonus features, and they basically 
frankly, they wouldn't have even done bonus features. I mean, I had to push for the bonus features. And then ultimately, I had to put all the energy into actually producing all of the stuff that are the bonus features. And of course, they were tickled pink. I mean, they were stoked. They were like, awesome. You know, he just did all this work for us. But they kept downplaying it the whole time, being like, you know, putting more material on the disc doesn't mean you're going to sell more DVDs. And I'm like, yeah, you're missing the point entirely. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about selling more DVDs. It's about those fans that put that money down and that gave us their time and energy and their attention and all of that. It's more valuable than anything. Right. You know, they need to take that and have a whole extra hour of stuff that they can watch that's just cool because it's behind the scenes stuff or it's whatever, time lapses of you painting or whatever. But again, that was for the people. That didn't right. have anything to do with making more money. And that right there is that schism between you've got this corporation that's doing the corporation thing and you're down to going, no, you missed it. Yep. It's not about that. I'll put three months of work in for my fans. Are you kidding me? Of course yeah, I will. Yeah, totally. So uh, uh, I, I guess we can – go on as well to um, other forms of promotion. Um, for example, this podcast is a form of promotion for us, for the documentary. Um, we are, I, I like to, I like to, to uh, kill as many birds with one stone as possible, you know, using that horrible analogy. But um <laughs> You know, this is even the dark, the dark art society. It's like this is this is for people. It's it's something we want to help, and it's also promoting us, and it's also promoting the documentary and any projects we want to do, and but it's also going to promote other artists. So it's like, you know, it's not bad to to promote yourself in that way. It's like I, I guess in some ways I feel like I feel a little better about promoting myself. If I'm also giving back at the same time, you know, like it's, I feel good about this podcast because we are, we're offering something for people as well as promoting ourselves. It's not just like, Hey, look at me, blah, 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 blah. And you know, it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's almost, (laughs) it's, it's almost, it's (laughs) Mike could mute, mute his mic because he's laughing, um, (laughs) turning red, uh, I, I I think, you know, it's it's you can do both is what I'm saying. And I think, uh, again, <laughs> it's it's OK to do it. You know, it's OK to promote yourself. It's OK. So wait, not only is it OK, but you should. Yeah, you it's, absolutely it's should. Necessary. If you don't, you're foolish. Yeah. Well, it's like. You know the other thing. Just is, have integrity in your dealings. Don't right. be a douche about it. That's exactly all. like like the Trekel brushes is a good example. You know I promote their products um, in exchange for them sending me free brushes, and I've got no problem with that because I love the I love the product. I would promote it anyway, and I have promoted it. But before I was getting free stuff, I would promote their stuff, and it's like, what's wrong with that? You know I I I, I it's great. It's like we both get something yeah, people, out of it. People to walk around with Adidas shoes on and a Nike shirt and a Notre Dame hat, but they don't want to. What? I mean, you're promoting all these corporations right now right. on your clothes. Now, of course, I'm sure the people that are listening to this are not wearing those things. They're like us, but you still get the point. You know, I think it still holds true. Yeah, yeah. 
Totally. You're promoting crap all day long everywhere. Your car is is has promotion on it for what kind of car it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything you have has promotion all over. So you, you might as well, you know, make it count. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, you know, <laughs> say a word or two for the things you really care about. Yeah. So I got no problem promoting things that I actually use, you know, and getting something out of it. I think it's totally cool. I want they're also, they're, you know, Trekel's a small company. They're independent. They're American-made, which I think is cool. So it's like all that stuff is cool with me. I want to promote them, and I want to get free brushes too, you know. And it's, and I think that's cool. I don't see a problem with it. Um, and I, th- you know, I think that, you know, going back to making money, and um, I think as a community, the dark art community will, we should be making money. We. We um, not only do we deserve to be making money because I think we're doing something good, but um, you know we'll have more power. We'll have more. Um, we'll be able to get our message out further if if we are making money. And that you know, I, Andy Warhol said you know one of his crazy quotes was uh, I forgot what it was. Something like business is business is the best art. You know, the best form of art or something, which is, you know, kind of nutty, of course, but that was his, that was his thing. But, um, well, that's, you know, I mean, we've got a, we've got someone in a strong political position right now who would agree with Andy Warhol. (laughs) But I, I, I just, you know, I look, he, he was able to make a bunch of money and he, he changed the face of art in a lot of ways. And if you think he's shit, which I used to think he's shit, you should watch the PBS American Masters series on uh, Andy Warhol. It's really amazing, and it made me realize he really was a genius. Absolutely. Yeah, Chet turned me on to it. It's great. Yeah, and you don't realize how much stuff now we take for granted that he was kind of the first guy to do. But any aside from that, you know, if if, uh, I want to see us all make money. I don't want to see us struggling. I don't want to see us starving. I don't want to see us all worrying about – when we're going to, if we're going to be able to pay the bill next month, that's why. Yeah. And you know, also it's bullshit too. Just to say real quick, it's, I I get sick of the whole, like you have to struggle in order to make good artwork thing. It's, it's an you know, okay, here's, here's what I'll say. If you believe that to be true, then absolutely that will be true. If you don't believe that to be true, it will not be true. So I would say, come on to our side of the line and don't believe it to be true because you don't have to struggle to make good art. It's not true. I mean, at least it could not be true for you too. Let's put it that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 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 I lost my train of thought. Um, you, you don't want us struggling. You don't want dark artists struggling and, yeah, and have yeah, yeah. to hustle so, so hard. Our, our, uh, the, our life is life is full of struggle even if you have money, I think. You're going to die someday. There's that. You know, there's personal relationships. There's, you know – we. There's plenty of, of health issues. Yeah, yeah. There's there's plenty of things to be stressed about, and money doesn't shouldn't have to be one of them. So, I just think, you know, this is also why it's important that we support each other. You know, if you find if you see artists that you like, support them and share their work. I mean, I do that all the time, and I, a lot of people, a lot of people. Do yeah, that. I mean, and you I know, I check great. I under Kickstarter. I have to log in under Chet's handle all the time, so he would never tell you guys this, guys this but I'm going to tell you this because I have to log in under his handle all the time to run all these Kickstarters, and he is quote a super backer. I'm not joking, <laughs> and he would never bill himself as this because he's way too fucking humble. But 
He literally it, – it says or mega or super back, some ridiculously <laughs> because he has hit like every category and he's hit every category like multiple times or something. It's obscene. So anyway, yeah, he does – You know, he's not just telling you to do this because it's a marketing tactic. Right. <laughs> Rather, he believes this and he does it himself. Yeah, that's – thank you. I appreciate that. It's true. Um, I also think that um, – you know, I just think it's aside from being the right thing to do. It's also it it will come back to you. You know, I really believe that that what you put out comes back to you. And um, and uh, I, you know, I'm feeling that now. I'm feeling I'm getting a lot of love and a lot of opportunities because I haven't been an asshole to people over the last 15 years. You know, and and I'm seeing people people appreciate that. You know, and it's just you know it's important to. To realize, I, I, there's another thing that artists do that it's it's. I'm not really sure why, but not all artists, obviously, but some artists are like, I don't know. I, I like the I like the tattoo guys who are like tattooing's like uh, a job. I like to see it like that. I like seeing art as a job. It's just what I do. It's not better than the, the auto mechanic or the guy, the plumber, you know, it's, it's, it, it can, you know, I think it can do a uh, hit, hit do, it can transform your outlook on things and, and it can kind of reach a higher status maybe than, than a, the guy that fixed your plumber. But you know what, if you've got diarrhea and your toilet's not working, that's almost like a spiritual experience <laughs> to have a working toilet all of a sudden. <laughs> But, but uh, it's I, all relative. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's more healthy to think of it that way. You know, yeah, so your yeah. ego doesn't get all out of control. Like you're some amazing. Well, and yeah, that's a big thing because you know, again, I and I agree with you. And you know, I could speak to this very personally because when I started figuring out who Chet was and why I got excited to make a documentary about him was because of these qualities. Because he isn't that guy. Basically, you know, there's so many of that guy out there. The guy that's just so full of themselves, and you know, you, you, I'm sure right now as I say it, you can think of at least three. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so with that said, I was so encouraged to find somebody who was not that guy and it was so refreshing because in effect, there was very little of that then and there is more and more of it now and I've seen a great deal more of it in the past five years that I've been involved with you than I had seen at the time when I met you certainly. You know, so it's good. It's in, we're infecting people with positivity. We're drawing people together. We're we're causing people to to actually commiserate over their suffering as opposed to fight over it. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I just I, I I again I just think it's 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 important to realize that you know that everybody's everybody's human. We're all kind of suffering in the same you know similar ways, and we're all going to die. And there's life's too short to get all caught up in your own ego. You know, it's like there's so much more to life when you're just able to share things openly and be yourself and not put on some kind of act that you're something that you're not. And, uh, and there are, you know, I think people, authenticity is very important. I think especially as, um, as the world becomes more plastic, you know, it's constantly getting more phony, you know, the, the fucking reality shows are fake. You know, they're written. It's like, that's not a reality show. Now they're, they don't even call them reality shows. They call them scripted, non, non-scripted, 
TV shows or something. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I think as things are become more and more fake, that authenticity, authenticity is more valued. So, um, and the other thing about, so I think, uh, you know, it's, it's good. It's not only a good way to be, but it's good marketing to be yourself because people will be attracted to that. People like authenticity. I mean, that's what I yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's what I look for in my friends or people. That's what I recognize. That's what I like about people when they're themselves, you know, just who they are and they're not putting on airs about anything. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's so annoying. It's really annoying. And I, and I it's think- the biggest turnoff. It absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when and- someone's putting something on, it's like, especially, you know, because, I mean, it hits on so many levels because you can see through If you can see through it to see that it's there, then that's almost an affront in and of itself. You know, right. you're like, oh, God, couldn't you be better yeah, at lying? At least at do least. a good job at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like it, totally. I'm sorry I'm going off on a tangent, but it's just like I, there are certain pet peeves that I have, you know, with, with things that people do. And, and sometimes it's artists that do them. And I just can't stand when people are like hey. – I don't. I don't know. I, I just, just be straight. Just be honest. I mean, that's the whole point. That's what you know. Just be straight. Just be mm-hmm. honest. Just be honest with yourself first, first and foremost. Always be honest with yourself, and then try to present yourself honestly to the world. I mean, yeah. Know. The other good thing about being yourself and not putting a, up a front is that you never have to worry about covering your ass. You know, because everything if you everything you say is true, then you don't have to worry about you know. Uh, backtracking and, and covering your ass about the lie you told or, or you know it's it, it's life is so much easier when you're just honest well you know also if you if you think about it and if we pull this i'm just going to pull it back around dark art marketing here because we're kind of getting off on our tangent but um you know i think that it's it's important to remember that if you go that route with it you're just like you know a mini version of all these corporations that you hate you know you're becoming one of them by behaving in that manner you know right, duplicitous right. and questionable because the thing is is that as you become bigger you leave a larger paper trail as you go along and as people are more interested in you that means that people that don't like you are equally as interested in you as people that do like you so you're going to make enemies and those people are going to be interested in your paper trail so again, present yourself honestly throughout and you're going to have far less trouble and you'll be much more successful in your marketing. People will like you more. They will like your work more and ultimately you will do better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's a win. It's a win-win, you know, and it's that, – that's this is a great, great lead-in uh, for um, another aspect of, of marketing I learned from uh, – <laughs> Uh, sorry, Mike's messing with me. Um, th- this is a good lead in for another thing I learned from, uh, this is a great thing to get to. It's, uh, oh, what the hell's it called? Damn, I should have prepared this stuff. Um, it's, what's that one? It's, oh, f- f- art marketing, f- fast start art marketing primer or something like that. Again, we could put the link on there. It's it was a CD. It's like an hour long of this guy. Um, God, I forgot the guy's name too. Who does like really realistic, well rendered pencil drawings, and he's apparently said he's become a millionaire from it. And um, he basically is talking about marketing. And um, I check. It was like buy the CD for eleven dollars. It's got these MP3s on it, or download them, or whatever. So I just thought, you know, what, I'm going to try it. I got 
12 bucks, 11 bucks in my um, PayPal. So I'm going to try it and just see if it's, it looks kind of cheesy the way it's presented. And um, I got it and it's actually great. And of course, once you get it, they try and sell you some other stuff, but it's for more money. But, you know, it's still the information that he has there is great for the $11 CD. Um, and uh, he, you know, this guy also offered to, on a side note, I, I contacted the guy or he contacted me about it. Just, I don't know. I don't remember how we got in contact, but um, he offered a special link for me so I could make money off of the art marketing primer. And just give them the link. And to me, that was crossing the line. Like I felt like if I'm going to promote it, I should be open that I'm promoting it. And I don't want to have to say every time I promote it, I, I'm banking money off this. So rather yeah, than do yeah. that, and he was he kept saying, it's not bad to make money off it. And I said, I know it's not bad to make money off it. But what's import, more important to me is my that, that my fans know that I have integrity. You know, so that's why I didn't take that deal, even though I don't think the deal's bad. I just didn't want to have to hassle with you know uh stating that every time so instead i just promote it for free and it probably wouldn't have been that much money anyway but aside from that um one of the things that really stuck out that he says in this in this uh uh audio series which i i do think you should get it's cheap and and really it just gets you thinking about marketing and and being a business person in art um he said that uh it's important to uh Figure out what's interesting about you as a person and let people know. Because when you're asking someone to spend $2,000 for a piece of art or $5,000 for a piece of art, they need to be able to justify that to their spouse or their neighbor. You know, you need to be able to say, look, this is why this painting is valuable. It's because for my, uh, for me, for example, because, you know, this guy's had this history in the film industry. Guillermo del Toro collects his work. Um, he's worked on the tool videos. He's done this and this and this and this. And, uh, that's, that's a huge part of marketing your art. He makes the point of, you know, you, for the most part, what do you know? Do you know the painting names or do you know the artist's name? For the most part, you know, the artist's name. It's like the, you know, it's the personality behind it that kind of gives the, this deeper value to the work. So yeah, less less people unless they're like a hardcore fan are going to walk up and be like, right. oh yeah, look, it's shamanic tendencies. They're going to be <laughs> right. like, oh look, it's a Chet Czar. Right, right. And so that doesn't mean you know every. And I think everybody's interesting. Everybody has a story. Everybody's got something interesting about them. Humans are just interesting. I don't care how boring you are. You're interesting in some way. So you need to. Think about what's interesting about you. What makes you different? What makes you special? You know, what, what is it about you? What's what about your life experience that's different than anybody else? I mean, that's all you really have in this world is that you can call your own is you and your experience. Your experiences, that, yeah, yeah, that nobody else has that. And so it's important to, um, you know, let people know what's interesting about you and what's different about you and why your artwork's important, you know, and, and, uh, don't be afraid to, to promote that and to put that out there, I think. And, you know, this guy agrees cause you know, he's, that's where I heard it for the first time. But, um, and it's funny because when I first got out of the film industry and I started painting, it was really stupid. Actually, <laughs> I was so, embittered in the from my experience at the film industry to I'd gone too far the other way you know looking back it was a great job actually 
And um, I'm really grateful for the experience and especially for all the people I met and all the great artists. But at the time, I was very bitter because I, you know, had spent so much time um, in the industry. So when I started painting, I'm like, I'm just going to paint. I'm not going to tell anybody about my film industry experience because I'm so pissed off at the film industry and I, you know, how I've been disrespected and this and that, how I was basically how I was feeling at the ego, time. Ego stuff. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> so, um, I didn't promote any of my movie stuff for years and years until people started going, Hey, I saw your name on this movie. I didn't know you worked in the film industry. And then I, and then people were, you know, it's hard to imagine now because everybody's, uh, pretty enamored uh, in about film or people that work on film. People find it really interesting. At the time when I was starting, you know, in two thousand, it wasn't such a big thing. It didn't seem. It didn't to me. It didn't seem like such a big thing. So I was really surprised that people were so interested in that. So um, I think I, I'm sure I set myself back a few years by not mentioning it. But once I realized that there was interest there, I started going. Yeah, you know what? I've got enough distance from the industry, and I don't feel so bad about it. So I am gonna, you know promote a little bit about the movies I worked on and uh, because I was I was you know able to take the temperature of of the fan base and realize that they were into this sort of thing and it's like if they're interested in it who am I to say don't be interested in that you should be interested in my artwork only you know it's like if you're interested in that cool it's something I did it's part of my history so you know I started kind of promoting that so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, that was a whole target market audience that you didn't even know were just waiting there for you. Yeah. You know, so again, a lot of the things that are available to us are just beyond these perceptual blinders that we're wearing all the time, and we're, and we're all wearing them to various degrees. So I would say that it's really important, you know, to experiment and be playful, Absolutely. try new things. Don't take yourself so seriously. Mm. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? It's not going to be worse than the worst thing that's going to happen, which is you're going to die. <laughs> So if you, this this side of dying, you're doing all right. Yeah. You know, you're not going to die on stage in front of an audience. You know, the, but again, I think that it's important, you know, to put yourself out there and to take take chances. And despite your fear, in the face of your fear, while you're afraid, do it anyway. Mm. You know, and don't take yourself so seriously. Have fun. Experiment. Try new things. Shit, I, I screwed around on Periscope for a while. It was fun. People liked it. I didn't do it anymore. But, you know, again, it was another avenue to market what I was doing. And I utilized it and if I had deemed it you know highly valuable I probably would have continued so again if I hadn't if I don't try all these things and experiment with different platforms and new technologies and all of these contemporary you know to technological devices that are available to us that allow us to have that reach that we so desperately need to be successful doing what we're doing you know try new things like for instance and I'll, I, I wanted to bring this up earlier Chet Czar has a way of dealing with his social media that's kind of a little higher tier than how I deal with it which is that he has a very large fan base so for him, clearinghouse promotion makes sense. He's going to pop something into Instagram and he's going to conduit it through these other sites and that's a great way to deal with it. For me, I need to continue to build my fan base and much more than he does because he I'm not well known. I'm just the, some dude named Mike Carell. So in order for me to be successful doing that, I need to have variety. And so one of the things I learned with the help of Misha McLaughlin, actually our, one of our executive producers for I Like to Paint Monsters, is to – if I'm going to take a picture of something that I'm going to post, take multiple different angles of it. If 
if at least just that. And then on each of your platforms, take the time to post independently and make each post slightly different. The reason you want to do that from my angle is because I don't want to flood the feed with just the same thing because that's going to put people off. I'm like, oh, God, I've seen it. God, yeah, I liked it in three places already. I'm not going to like it in the fourth place. But if you keep that that feed fresh and you're just showing people a different nuance of what it is that you're doing, even if it's just a different picture of the same thing. Now, I'm saying you could do much more than that, but that's something to say. You know that ultimately you probably will be able to build an audience faster and on more platforms because some people tune into multiple platforms and they don't want to see that shit five right, times. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Another thing that Josh said, uh, that Josh Geyser from Creep Machine, who um, we'll have the link down there. Uh, he said he's seen artists that set up their pictures to be more interesting than just. I haven't done this myself, but. Um, he some some artists set their artwork up with kind of like pretty surroundings like flowers yes. and stuff so the just the picture looks more appealing itself which i think and is, i'm a photographer so yeah, that's right. huge for me yeah, yeah you gotta make your picture look good i mean at least do something don't just like shoot it under some shitty light <laughs> you know even if you do shoot it under some shitty light at least drop it to an editing platform and pull the contrast and the brightness a little bit i mean there's a lot of little things you could do even if you don't do a diorama you know i mean yeah. don't get me wrong that's cool but with that said Said, you could still doctor your pictures to look pleasing because again no one's no one's cheating anybody everybody knows everything's doctored online are you kidding me so you're not you, there's no shame in that right. if it's attractive if people see it and they want to look at it and engage in it you are doing your job if you're maintaining your own levels of integrity your own standards you know right. throughout yeah for sure um I, I I haven't done that myself yet but um I, <laughs> <laughs> that was great I was waiting for that but but I do – if I see something that I think is going to be entertaining or amusing, I will post it even if it's not art-related, like my dogs in weird positions. I think that just is funny to me and it's cute. And so um, I, I post pictures, but it's also me. It's my life. It's who I am. I have these dogs around me all the time and I just think they're great and hilarious. And so I'm sharing that. And – it's still it kind of counts as promotion, you know. If you think about it, it's 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 sure, another yeah under the terms of what you were saying, yeah, because you're promoting who you are, not just your artwork. It's right, more than right. just your artwork; it's who you are that you believe in having animals in your home. You mm. believe in rescuing animals. All of those things, they're almost sideline, but it's the truth, you know. Right, and right. so it's and it's obvious. You're allowing yourself really to be more vulnerable by doing mm. that, and that's again what I'm talking about is you're taking risk. You know, yeah. there's risks that we take in doing this to be successful. And you have to take some risk. You just have to judge it realistically and logically. You know? Yeah, I guess that's where you need to, you know, build up that thick skin a bit and not worry so much about what people think about you. Because, you know, it is it is scary. I guess at first to really put yourself out there like that. But I mean, that's what art is all about: is is expressing something real, something deep from inside of you, and trying to communicate it to other people you know you're like you're trying to speak to someone else that you don't even know but you're trying to connect with them on this deeper level and that's super intimate really you know it's very intimate so um it's it's cool though with social media it's like it's really broken this kind of barrier down um it, it has the potential to do the opposite too to where you're just completely fronting and pretending you're something you're not but yep. the poten- but again the potential is just as great to really be open and um and 
really connect. I mean, I've made, I've heard people say, oh, you know, we have more connection to people than we ever have before, but the quality of the connection is lower than face-to-face real conversation, so it's not good. But, you know, I connect with people all the time because of social media and really have, you know, I feel like we're talking about these people that have seen the documentary that were so touched by it. You know, that's a real, you know, you're really touching someone in in their soul, you know, and that's ultimately what it's all about. You know, it's, it's the, the, the money thing for me is, you know, I want, I want my wife to be comfortable. I want to be able to um, create what I want to create and share it with people without the impediment of not of just struggling to eat. You know, yeah. so um, I don't know. I kind of veered off. Well, into a, it. <laughs> I think a lot of what you're a lot of what you were saying right there really I think comes back down to also being interested in your people. You know, I mean, seriously, like you need to you need to not just post your stuff. You need to get on platforms right. and. and and go through and look at their stuff, like it, comment right. on it, promote them, you know, whatever. But you need to be involved. Engaged. You know, you can't, yeah, totally engaged. I mean, I, I definitely spend time. For me, I have to kind of set it up so it's like I have time where I'm doing my work and then I have time where I'm socializing on social media. And when I'm socializing on social media, that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, I'm following people back for following me. I'm checking out their stuff. I'm looking at their pictures. I'm commenting. I'm engaged because I am engaged. That's the thing. And so you can't fake that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't. Yeah. You'd have to hire a bot. And there's a, there's an originality and there's a genuine feeling there that, again, it's it's – I think it's valuable and it's important because there's a reciprocation. There's a back and forth going on. It's not just about you, you know, it's about them really. Right, right, right. And it's not just about money. It's about, you know, like, like you said, the money is a means to an end. And if we can, uh, if we can make money as well as touch people and communicate and have them touch us and have real relationships with people that are fans and help them along the path. I know a lot of fans of mine have started painting and I've, you know, tried to help them to become better painters. And it's really, I've seen it, uh, really open people up a lot, you know, that, 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 that didn't realize they could do it. And, um, it's, it's I don't know. It's like a new way of being in a way. I think where it's, it's you know what we're doing, Chet. What we're doing, and it's not. And I don't. When I say we, I don't mean just you and I. Obviously, I mean all of us. Then mm-hmm. because what we're talking about right now is we. You know, I think what we're doing is what the hippie generation wanted to do but couldn't achieve. You know, and I and I don't say it was their fault. You know, things conspired in order for that time frame to not quite do what it might have done, what it uh-huh. could have done, what they wanted it to do. But I think it's happening now. And what's so funny about it is it's on the dark side. You know, know, it's not it's all hilarious. flowers and light and <laughs> rainbows and lovey-dovey. You know, it's this total the, – the pendulum swings, you know, and the, and the, the wheel turns. Right. And so it's kind of – you know, it, we, at least – let's put it this way. I'm not going to go so far as to we're doing it. We have another chance to do right. what they failed at once before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to say, you know, I don't know if I said this in the documentary or it got cut out, but I love to say that – Things are so fucked up now that the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys in the sense that 
we're the bad guys just on appearances. You know what I mean? Right. We're making monsters and dark art and creepy, scary things. We're but the I, cowboys with the black hats, not right. the white hats. Or we're the, or we're the Indians. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no kidding. But it's like I, I think that's just – I think that's one of the coolest things about – this is not a marketing thing. But I just think it's one of the coolest things about dark art is that – you know, we, it seems like we're the bad guys, but we're actually the good guys. And it, and it's so funny because I have yet to meet, I swear, I can't think of, well, I'm sure there are some, but for the most part, the people that are in a dark art are the coolest, sweetest, kindest people you'll ever meet. It's so weird. It's strikingly weird. It's, it's even it's, to us. Even yeah. Us yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it just, it always baffles me because uh, yeah, it's, it's just it trips me out. It's just it's super it's super cool. But um, yeah, I, I think it's I, I I think it's perfect. I think it's totally appropriate for the way the world is now. You know that it's like we're sort of taking the evil and turning transmuting it into good in a way. Yeah, with, with the yeah, it's alchemy for sure. Yeah, with dark art, I think it's super cool. It's in what's what's cool about it is it's alchemy on every level it can be. It's you know it's exoteric because you're taking these pigments and these elements and these minerals yeah, right. and things and you're you know putting them out there and making this thing. But it's also esoteric in the sense that like we talked about before with spelling, you know, right. and and spells being the process, the creative process by which you you know get this end result. So it's equally balanced between this kind of eso and exo, and yeah. and that's really you know that's what we're all talking about is is trying to find balance. You right. know, that's what this whole thing is about anyway. That's what this. You know, this whole entire human embodiment uh, experience in the corporeal reality really is about is, you know, the balancing of negative and positive for neutral. Right. So. I agree. I agree. Well, what, what well this th- episode's gotten long in the tooth, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think. Is there any other things about oh, marketing dude, I could, that we have I could talk about Kickstarters forever, but I think that should be a whole episode because yeah. I do really have a lot to speak about that. And, and I think that I'd like to give away a lot of information really, because right. I, you know, there's people, people are, are always asking me for help with their Kickstarters. And sometimes I get paid to do them. And sometimes I do stuff for free and sometimes I consult and blah, blah, blah. But I, I would be happy to give away some real good information for people. And I think maybe that should be a whole episode. Yeah, definitely. Well, we could do a little recap here. Let's 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 recap. Yeah, let's roll it back. Recap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What's up, (laughs) Chad? So, okay, so, um, uh, we need to get over this money issue. We need to try and make money. We need to not feel bad about it, because out of all the people in the world, it should be. We should be making money we will do good with money i think you know we we have our hearts are in the right place i think and so and and if your heart is not the right place get it in the right place yeah (laughs) um uh you know make sure your shit's in order make sure your artwork is great that's very important as well um don't be afraid to promote yourself find things that are interesting about yourself and Share that with other people, and that will benefit your 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 marketing. Um, promote on Instagram. Hook your Instagram up to your other sites if you have you know uh, other social media to make it easier. You know, for those of us who can't, don't have the time to. For those big big dogs like Chad, and no, if, you're a little, I, if if you if you if you're like me, you know, just 
make here's the point have the platforms use the platforms right right right, right. have but, twitter have instagram have tumblr have facebook have right. all of the different ones and use them well, my point, though, is that a lot of people that are not really engaged in social media, although probably a lot of people are that are listening to this podcast, but for those who are not, um, it can be intimidating to try, to try and post different images on different things. I know I've heard people talk about like on other podcasts or artists talking that they, you know, they just can't get their head around even getting on Instagram. And it's like it's so easy. Get a smartphone. Get an Apple, get a Samsung or something. Get a smartphone if you don't have one. I know most people do, but a lot of people still don't really have phones that are appropriate for it. You can write it off in your taxes and you can you know, take pictures of your stuff and post it instantly. And, it, and once it's all set up, it's really easy. So I know – I just know there's a lot Indeed. of fear Indeed. already uh, about – No, I hear you. I hear you. I think that's a good point. I guess all I, I – mine was such a minor sideline, which is just that, you know, make it work for you, I guess is the point. Right. Chet's yeah, totally yeah. right. Absolutely. Use it and, and make it easy, but also as you learn to do right. it and as you make observations, make it work for you. Right. And make it work for your people, your audience, you know, because that's what we're doing here. We're marketing to an audience. (laughs) Yeah, right. So um, what else was there? I think that was – be honest, you yeah, know, be and yourself, be engaged yeah. with yeah. your with your people. Be a good person and nice to people, and don't brush people off and be a rude, arrogant prick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it. I guess I didn't get really get into the technical stuff. Well, you know, maybe we can revisit the subject. We're oh, gonna... what a part two again. I... Well, <laughs> I've been fucking with you. I can't. I, I have to take full responsibility yeah. for my part in, in the fuckery, yeah. as it were. There's a reason for it too. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's where he's not fucking with me. What a sweet guy. See, he's walking his talk, guys. <laughs> that's true. There you go. Um, yeah, there's definitely things like sale, tight sales, and prints. That's the other thing. See, I wanted to cover all this other stuff. Like the well, simple. That's what happens when you have organic conversations. I know, but the, okay. So for next time, what was that loud noise? Is that you beating on the counter or something? I don't know. Maybe. Sorry, it's a ghost. Oh, no, it was this. uh, Okay, go ahead. All right. Um, This is really important, too. And I don't know if we should include it. I'm going to say it and maybe we could include it. Listen up. Listen up. But, um, you know, there's the whole aspect of studies and making art affordable. You know, I've been able to do these studies, which you should be doing for your paintings anyway, because it really helps you to uh, make your painting a lot better, I think, to to have things uh, to work out the bugs on a small painting, but you can sell that for a lot cheaper than a painting, which is a great way of making money also. But the whole, the main thing I wanted to say was the prints. You got to sell prints. You know, you can make more money from prints than you can from a painting, from one sale of a painting. You could, the the print can go on for years. You could be making money from that. You can put it on a t-shirt. It's like every image you create can be exploited commodified to, yeah, yeah commodified, commodified to make money and again there's nothing wrong with that it's people want it people want prints they want cheap art they want to wear your artwork on their t-shirt it's not demeaning to the artwork i i wear stuff on my t-shirts i think yeah, it's make cool. make make patches make lapel pins make hats make shirts you know anything you can make pendants anything you know make small sculptures make them affordable make them you know whatever yeah. make variations make multiple editions <laughs> do it yeah. brand it own it yeah that's i mean that's and that's a really big part of um, um marketing is is diversifying what you do and figuring out how to monetize it you know again uh, uh, 
that comes back to I keep going back to I know people are going to hear that hear hear that kind of language monetizing or exploiting your artwork and it's like we need to get beyond that because you know we need to start making money we need to not be struggling we want to we have an important message as dark artists we have something that's very important that needs to be said and the last thing we need is the hindrance of not having enough money to get it out to people you know reach it so uh let's that's that's the big takeaway I'd like people to to come away with is is uh it's not bad to make money from your artwork it's actually good it depends on you know how yeah you would you rather i mean the truth about it is you got to make it either way right because right. this is the truth let's be honest you have to eat you have to pay your bills you have to you know get around you have to have a place where you're not getting rained on to sleep you have to do these things and you're going to have to make money to do those things so would you rather make those washing dishes, painting houses? Would you rather make it caretaking for people? Would you rather – if you would, do that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to make that money, do it the way that you're being creative. Make it with your work. You're going to have to make the money to do all the things anyway, so cut out the middleman. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, there are a lot of people that – that's I've heard a lot of artists say – you know, it's important <clears throat> that I keep my integrity and not sell out. And so I have a day job so I can paint however what I, I want on my off hours. That's totally cool. That's a, that's an approach. But my approach is, is different. I, I disagree with that for me. And um, I just, you know, I, I think it's, uh, uh, oh, damn, I had such a great point. Uh, uh, wait, it's right there. He's like he's taking a thought dump, guys. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> some groaning, some straining. <laughs> oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I swear to God, and don't say it. Th- um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think I, I I I think. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. I got it. I got it. Um, and I touched on this on the last episode, the uh, creative process. I think, but. Um, you know, you I can I could have just bitched and said oh, I don't want to learn business. I want to make art, but the truth is because I learned the marketing aspect of it, um, and I did agreed to participate in this capitalist system of fine art as a commodity or making money from your art. The the truth is, it really did push me to make more artwork. And to be a better painter as a result of it. So the way I I handled it, I guess, is I I went with the system. I went with the system and um, started trying to monetize my work and figure out how to make a, a, a living from it. But that in turn forced me to create a shitload of artwork, a lot of work all the time. And, you know, that – made me a way better painter because I've painted so much because I had to, because I was forced to because of the system, you know? Well, and you know, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No. And so it's, it's, that's a positive thing that came out of that. So it's not all, you know, it's evil capitalism. It's like, you know what? It's, uh, it, it, it's, it, it, a lot of uh, good things came out of it as an artist. It's forced me to be a better artist by producing more work. You know? Yeah. Well, I would, you know, I would go so far as to posit that 
generally speaking, people think in very compartmentalized ways. All of us do. We're trained to be that way. We've evolved. Thought has evolved and language has evolved and jobs have evolved in a very a very compartmentalized way, which is to say that like, for instance, when you go to school, you're going to major in a specific study of something. That makes you that thing. I'm studying in business. I am a businessman. I am mm. studying in computer graphics. I am a computer graphics man. I am, you know, so on and so forth. And that goes on throughout our lives and that's reflected to us, you know, on my mic was acting kind of weird. That's reflected to us on kind of a variety of different levels. And I think that that's what we need to break down. That's what we need to demystify is this notion that, you know, if you're an artist, you can't be a businessman. Or if you're a businessman, you can't be an artist or anything else. You can be all of those things. It's perfectly acceptable to be everything you want to be, you know. So this idea of drawing these lines in the sand and saying, well, this is this and that is that. That's the old way. We need to get beyond that too, you know. Totally agreed. And I will say, I want to say this one, one last point is um, I worked with Clive Barker in the 90s and I got to meet with him and sit in his house and, and talk to him about these projects we were working on. Um, it was within the film industry and we were going to do some toys with him, but um, some, it got, the deal got screwed up. But um, one thing I noticed about Clive is was he, he was totally business minded and it wasn't a bad thing. It was fascinating to watch. It was, it was like, uh, he would just come up with these ideas and he automatically was like, and we can sell this as a side thing to this. You know, he had no problem being a business person, you know, and being a business person doesn't mean you're going to screw people. You can be a good business person. You know, there's plenty. There's of good, lots of good business yeah, persons. There's, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people that, um, you know, like, uh, let's take, uh, uh, what's the name of that record label? Uh, the guy from Fugazi runs it. He, Ian Mackay, uh, uh, God, I can't think of the label. Uh, Discord, Discord. Um, I know Steve Niles. He was in a band called Gray Matter. Steve Niles, the <clears throat> the writer. Um, he did Thirty Days of Night is his famous thing, but he's done all kinds of comics. He was telling me how he did a record for uh, um, Discord Records, and he says he still gets a check. Uh, once in a while, royalty, royalty checks, and he said it was a handshake deal. He never signed anything with with them, and it's because that dude's a he's a business. Ian McKay's a businessman, and but he's a good businessman. You know, he's like he doesn't screw people. You can, you know, and that's we shouldn't, you know, just hate business people. We should reward good business people and become good business people business uh, yeah, just being yeah, a business yeah. person is not inherently evil it's how you do it you we know? shouldn't you know and again that's that same thing is like we have this tendency really and i think it makes it makes our lives maybe somewhat functional and livable but we have a tendency to generalize you know and it's necessary in many ways for us to generalize in order to make our passage on this planet functional because if we were overwhelmed by all the stimuli that's going around us all the time without bringing some of that down to a dull murmur we wouldn't be able to hang you know right. but there's some negative cultural byproducts right. and generalizing and saying any group or any type of person is one specific way is fallible in and of itself and foolish yep. furthermore. Totally. So I think we should all uh, learn business and become good business people with our art. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and we should think about it. We should be thinking about it because if you break it down, it really is – 
when it comes to money, when it comes to business or whatever, it's how you apply it. It's how you do it that makes it good or bad. You know, it's like a neutral thing. And, um, and, and really, uh, it's got the potential to do great things in the world, you know, if you're successful. Yeah. Yeah, use the hammer analogy again, you know. I mean, you can build a house with a hammer, you know, you can kill 50 people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think it's all really good advice, and I think the last thing I'd like to say is just that it, remember what Chad already said, which is to keep your ego in check. You know, you will be more successful. You are going to be more successful. Inevitably, you are going to succeed. And when you do, you know, don't let your head get out of control. Keep yourself in check, you know. Find people, a way to hit the reset. notice that. Reset that as often as you can. Yeah, people notice that. You know, you might not be hearing it from them, but they notice it when you're bullshitting them, I believe. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. It, and even here's the thing is even if they're not conscious of it, it will still affect them unconsciously and it will pollute the relationship. Right, yeah. So let's look at it. Yes, be genuine. Yep. Be authentic. Yep. Don't pretend to be authentic because that is not authentic. <laughs> that's, that's too good. Uh, so okay, let's leave. Let's let's leave it at that. And okay. uh, on the note of Mart Marketing, you could support us by going to chetzar.bigcartel.com, buying some items from the store, and uh, that helps support this podcast. Um, Indeed. And, and the other thing I would say, guys, is, you know, if you can take some time out to rate and review us, especially review us, uh, when you review us on any of the platforms that you utilize, it doesn't matter which one it is, uh, basically you're helping us stay up in the charts. And so ultimately more people will see us and we will get more reach and that will market us and effectively help us to generate larger fan base. And we should uh, give a shout out to the winner of the contest, right? What was his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Matthew, uh, uh, what was it? Rukas? Rucky. Uh, Rucky. Rucky. Yeah, dubbed Rucky. Dubbed Rucky was his uh, handle. Are you, yeah. Yeah, and we he uh, he went out of his way along with, I guess, I was 17. I had a total count of 17 people that rated and reviewed us on iTunes. Um, no one had reviewed us on Stitcher, and then we did have some people that rated us on French iTunes. Uh, and so I made sure to include them, even though I couldn't see those ratings and reviews. So thank you guys very much. I really appreciate it. It's It's been a lot of fun, and we, we continue to have fun with it. This has been a long one, guys, longest one yet. I hope you guys can hang for a whole two hours. <laughs> uh, it's only fun. an hour and a half. An hour and a half. An hour 27. That's what it says here. Uh, my, my clock says one hour and 56 minutes, but we were on for a bit first. Right, right. And once you edit it it's going to be a little bit shorter too <laughs> and also guys if you get a chance you can get my documentary that i made about chet called chet's i like to paint monsters at his uh, chetzar.bigcartel.com and that's also another way that you can support us and also support the dark art movement and learn a little bit more about chet's himself thank you well let's uh thank you all for listening we really appreciate it and uh until next time peace goodbye later